Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and most definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. You are going to dig this conversation with my new friend, Kevin. He is full of wisdom about marriage, family, and fatherhood. It's a great conversation and a couple things that really stuck out to me as important for us to walk away thinking about or kind of engaging in conversation around are one, how crazy it is that there's no manual on how to be a dad. There's something in you, you have what it takes and you just navigate it. So talking about there being no manual, talking about you can't change your spouse and people change over their lifetime and how we need to have grace for each other and grow together. And then a biggie, how to be content with your life. I know that's something that I go back and forth in is being content in the season of life you're in and being content with who you are and not just settling, continuing to grow and progressing in, in, in who you're becoming, but how to enjoy and be content with where you are in life. Super rich stuff. Want to remind you, the Fatherhood Legacy Journal is being launched now. It is being printed now. Super exciting. The Kickstarter campaign was fully funded. Uh, and we're going to have these journals for January 1st. And we're going to do a 31-day challenge to continuing to become the fathers we desire to be. So go over to rebelandcreate.com. And there's information there on how to sign up for our 31-day text message, weekly video, and private Facebook group. And just it's a way to kick off the new year in uh, becoming the fathers that we all desire to be. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend. Fatherhood matters. The only way that word spreads is if you share it. And also it goes a long way if you can just take a minute and write a review on how you like the podcast and uh, rate it. It goes a long way. Thank you so much for listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. Enjoy this conversation about fatherhood. All right, Kevin, welcome to Rebel and Create Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, man. Thanks for being on the uh, the podcast with me. Thanks for thanks for inviting me, Ned. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, you were introduced to me by one of my longtime good friends, Cameron. Yeah, and uh, I was coming out to San Francisco. That's where we are today to do a uh, podcast with him. And and he's like, oh, my friend Kevin is an awesome dude. You got to meet him and talk to him about fatherhood. Yeah, yeah. When he reached out to me um, about it, uh, I was stoked because I, I am definitely passionate about families. I'm definitely passionate about being a dad. So um, yeah, I was really stoked to have the opportunity to share my thoughts, opinions, and just experience. Heck yeah. That's what it's about. I mean, fatherhood field notes, all of us dads, you know, we're not really given a guidebook. We are told you're going to have a kid, <laughs> you know, whether you're trying or not or whatever, how it happens. And then you figure it out. Um, and you know, the goal is that we can all share the knowledge that we've gained yeah. uh, with each other so we can continue to be the, you know, intentional fathers. Yeah. So to help people get a little understanding of who you are, um, how old are you? I actually just turned 48 two weeks ago. Dang. Happy so, birthday. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. And how many years have you been married? 
Uh, just celebrated my 22nd wedding anniversary back in August. August what? August. Oh, man, you put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, August 9th. Because my go. mom's birthday is August 8th. My wedding anniversary is August 9th, so two dates I can never forget. Yeah, heck yeah. I wish everybody could see your face when I asked you that question. <laughs> I know you know, but just to be asked on spot just like put me that. on the spot, man. <laughs> so good. Okay, and how many kids do you guys have? Uh, we have two kids, uh, teenagers. I have a daughter. Her name is Zoe. She's 18 years old. And then I have a son. His uh, name is Gordon. He's 15. Okay. And what has been the best resource to you as a father? Like, as you think back the last 18 years... <clears throat> What has been a good resource to you? You know what? Um, probably just making mistakes, like learning. <clears throat> sorry, just learning. Just um, as as life goes along, because like you said, there's there's no manual on this. It's crazy to think about like like the things in the world that we prepare ourselves for, whether it's through like education, five years of university yeah. plus grad school, all this other stuff to equip us for things. Like there isn't really anything to, to prepare you for being a father or a parent. You just, they just, they just send you out the door from the hospital, no instructions, no manual. And you're just like, Oh crap, I got to Yeah. Dad now. That what? trips me out the most almost is all the rules we have in our society. Yeah. And you'll go to the hospital and then two days later, they're just like trying to kick you out. Yeah. That's it. They just with kick nothing. you out. Nothing. You're like, who should I check in with? Is there a principal here or is there a whoever, you know? Nope. Just go. Yeah. And I remember, I remember very clearly being like, what is happening right now? Yeah. And I'm like, they actually trust me <laughs> yeah. and my wife to take care of this like life form. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it was, it was crazy. That's, that's like, it was a very sobering moment because I think a lot of us can think we know a lot about a lot of things, mm -hmm. but but that was the first time in my life where I was just 100% like, I know nothing. So it's crazy. So what was a good resource to you? I mean, either at that time to figure it out or, you know, just kind of throughout the years of, you know, babies, toddlers, tweens, teens. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say this. Um, I, I did actually, I was scared when we first had our um, our daughter um, but but I was also there was there was also a confidence and that came from the fact that I have two younger sisters that are 11 11 and 13 years younger than me oh, okay so I was a big brother to them but I was more of a hands-on big brother that changed diapers right. and was present to babysit and so um, in terms of a resource it was probably my experience as a big brother was what is where I got most of my confidence from yeah and then um yeah just you know that that's what got me started you know i wasn't afraid to, to hold my daughter yeah wasn't afraid to change a diaper i wasn't afraid of of um yeah just i wasn't afraid afraid of caring for her because because i had a point of reference to look back you had to, some experience to, yeah exactly that's cool that's cool um and then what do you do for a living i'm actually a marriage and family pastor uh i've been a pastor for about four years at a church called Reality SF, located in San Francisco's Mission District. So you're talking about family and fatherhood and all that stuff quite a yeah, bit then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is like my wheelhouse now. This is what I do full-time, um, vocationally. And uh, I basically uh, support people in their marriages and their families. And, um, yeah, I work with uh, a, a small team of people that, you know, we focus on kids, we focus on teens, we focus on parents, focus on marriages. And so this is what I uh, eat, sleep, breathe, live 
uh, now 24-7. So I know, you know, we, we had a couple things that we're going to talk about in a minute, but I want to ask you a question about this. Two questions. The first one is, how do you feel about how people perceive you and your wife's relationship and your relationships with your kids since you're in this limelight of I you're supposed to have it all figured yeah. out. Yeah. So are you okay with I guess I'll let you answer the question. Yeah, yeah. Well certainly um there is this like like feeling of like me thinking that people perceive me in a certain way, but then there's really the way that people perceive me. Okay. Okay. And so uh so I think the way that I think people perceive me and I hope this makes sense, but like in some ways I think I perceive myself in the same way, meaning, well, I'm a marriage and family pastor. That must mean like I'm the perfect dad. I'm the perfect husband. I've got it all figured out. Why else would they hire me? Right. And nothing could be like further from the truth, you know? And so, so especially earlier on, like my first year, um, there was this kind of constant internal battle going on uh, inside of me in terms of like, I like a uh, temptation to like show all the best sides mm-hmm. of, of being a dad show all yeah. the best sides of being a husband. Um, but then there's the reality that like nobody has a perfect marriage. Nobody's the perfect parent, right. you know, and, and sometimes um, there are things that can be celebrated in those uh, imperfections. And in those, as a matter of fact, it's those imperfections that usually draw you closer to people because, because you're more relatable. Exactly, because you're more relatable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my wife gets on me sometimes because if we're, say, going through a parking lot mm-hmm. just to the car and mm-hmm. a kid's being, one of our kids is being a turd yeah. and she'll be calling them out, but like calling them out, I'll be like, shh, you know, like, I don't, you know, quiet. It's not because I do this podcast or whatever. Right. It's just because that's how, like, I care so much right. about right. how we're perceived. I'm like, wait till we're in the car before you right. rip them a new one or whatever. <laughs> And she's like, you're too concerned. Right, right, right. Um, So the questions, you know, matters to me. Right. Asking you this because, you know, everybody wants their life to look perfect. In in some level, right? We have Instagram and Facebook. And I think they're great. That's all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in your role especially, you know, I feel like that would probably put pressure on you and your wife to always put a smiling face on, even if maybe internally you're not. Right, right. Feeling that way. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's true. Uh, there can be pressure to always kind of put a smiling face on, but it, that just takes so much energy. Mm-hmm. Like to pretend, like just to pretend, like oh yeah, it's always good. It's yeah. all good all the time. You know, that just takes a lot of energy. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. not sustainable. Yeah, and eventually you will get found out because nobody's obviously perfect and stuff. And usually it'll be darker, huh? If you hide it for a long time. Right. Exactly. 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 <laughs> Okay, cool. So that's cool. So, um, you're 48. Yep. You've been the pastor for four years. Yes. So what did you do before that then? So I worked, uh, in biotechnology for a little over 15 years. And so, I mean, I, I won't give you like the full life story, um, because it just won't make sense, but I went to school for art. I'll give you the, the, the short version, the cliff notes, went to school for art wanted to be interior designer, did that for a few years, moved to San Francisco, realized I couldn't afford to live off of an interior designer's, you know, salary. So I got into tech because all my friends that were in tech were, you know, making money, make, making money. And then so I found, got into tech, found myself 
working at a biotech company company doing tech stuff did that for 15 15 and a half years until about four years ago and so your kids grew up with you kind of having a normal dad job right exactly exactly my kids are not the uh stereotypical what we call pastor's kids yeah you know um Anybody that is um, has gone to church or been very involved in church, um, they they know that that like the pastor kids, you know, what they experience of always being front and center, always getting a lot of attention. Yeah. And so they my, didn't have to go through that. They didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't. And I actually think that was like um, to our benefit. Yeah. You know, because when I did become a pastor, so both my kids went to private school, private Christian school. Um, my daughter until her freshman year, then she started going to public school. My son to this day, he is in, in a private Christian school. And I remember when I came a pastor, all of his teachers were like, Hey, what do you think about your dad being a pastor? He was like, I don't know. I, that's cool. I guess, you know, yeah. but he didn't feel this, like the attention that they started giving him that was right. like, maybe, I don't know, may have been a little different than before. Like more like pedestal he, status because right, it's exactly. like in our, in the Christian culture, then all of a sudden it like means something exactly, different. Exactly, exactly. So that's exactly. cool. Yeah. Um, why would you leave your job and go be a pastor? And this isn't a you know this isn't to dive into this, but right. as you think about your family and stuff, was it just always something you wanted to do? Or um, I, I can't say that it's something that I always wanted to do, um, but it is something in different seasons in my life uh, where I ask the question if if I would ultimately be doing this mm. because of past experiences, because a lot of reasons, one pa- one being past experiences. Um, I actually worked for a short period of time, part-time for a church doing art and design, graphic design and stuff. Um, but also too, because of my background and my family upbringing, you know, my brother's a pastor. My brother oh, okay. actually became a pastor after I became pastor. Oh, that's fine. My dad's a pastor. I have uncles that are pastors. So it's kind so of, it's kind of in the family. Exactly. Too. It's in my family. So, so when the opportunity presented itself it was kind of like okay hmm i really have to think about this yeah you know okay all right so this is this uh podcast is rebel and create fatherhood field notes yes and rebel and create is a personal mantra of mine and it can be applied to a lot of things but really at its core it's to rebel against something that's status quo to the world or to you right and then from the rubble from the war what are you going to create that's fresh and alive out of that not just to kind of follow what everybody else is doing right so what's something that you're currently rebelling and creating well i would have to say like right now in this moment and i thought about this because we talked a little bit about this earlier um right now in this moment i'm trying to rebel against my iphone okay yeah so um you're gonna switch to a google phone like me uh well no i guess i guess it's like it's really more about like just the technology and how, how much it's it's invaded our lives, right? Yeah. And, and obviously it was created to make our lives easier. And in some ways it does make our lives a lot easier. But I think in other ways, in other ways, it, it almost like um, uh, kind of, um, it makes us a slave to, the, to it. You so know? how does your phone, you, how does your phone make you a slave? Well, uh, for one, um, I, I, okay, this is a little embarrassing to, to admit, um, but since... To be true to what I said earlier about being vulnerable, yeah. um, and, and and obviously not trying to be perfect, but um, I have this weird thing where I always have to be touching my phone, hmm. like it, like like right now, it's in my back pocket, and I'm very aware that it's in my back pocket. Or if it wasn't in my back pocket, it would be probably like it would be in. like tucked in, maybe slid underneath my thigh, or mm-hmm. maybe 
or if it were just laying on this couch, I'd have like my hand on it, you know? And uh, I became aware of that probably in the last several months. That really? like, yeah. And, and I became aware uh, in a couple different ways. One, I remember I left my phone in my car. I was on my way to work, left my phone in my car. And I was probably like two blocks away from my car and I realized I left my phone in my car. And, you know, work in San Francisco. And obviously, in any any city, you want to be diligent and not leave stuff out, right? Because thefts are a problem yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, I literally started having heart palpitations because I was like, I left my phone in my car. And I turned around to go get it. And, and the pace at which I was walking, like, it had a sense of urgency to it. And, and all while this was happening, I just was, was almost, like, just kind of sort of out of body, like, looking at myself, going, like, this is kind of a problem Mm. (laughs) like this is like not like this is beyond like oh i hope my car doesn't get broken into right it wasn't about it wasn't even really about that right exactly exactly it was like oh my gosh like if somebody takes my phone you know yeah um, this like i can't live without it type of thing and so so i've been lately uh i'm just in the season where i'm really trying to be very self-aware with um just technology in particular my iphone uh in and um yeah, just being really self-aware, whether it's, like, in conversations, like, if I'm talking with someone or if I'm at a dinner or even if I'm out and about, like, how many times am I picking up my phone to look at it to check email or look at it to check things that aren't really, that don't need to be checked at that moment in time? So is there, okay, so is there, have you set a time where you, like, aren't touching it at all? Uh, well, I'm trying to... Or is that, like, step two? That's step two. Okay. That's step two. I'm trying to do things, like... Um, I'm trying to put my phone in another room when I go to bed at night. Okay, so uh, I was I was gonna ask you what do you do with it at night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah. you've put it in another room. I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to. Um, because the thing is, is again, we become so dependent. Like I don't necess- I don't really have an alarm clock. My phone is my yeah, alarm. Our clock. phone is everything. Yeah, it's everything. You totally. Know? And so, so I'm trying to like restructure my life. I've been thinking a lot about how can I restructure my life. So that um, so I can put some boundaries in place, you know, so I give myself space to. So then all you know. of that. So you're you're in the middle of war with your phone. Yes. So what is the end like a year from now? What does it look like? What's the create out of that? Uh, well, and this this honestly does tie into um, being a dad mm. is that um, the end, of, you know, say a year from now is to create a life structure that sets up healthy boundaries over the things in my life that need boundaries, mm. like technology, rest, diet, exercise. All of the things. Yeah. All of the things. All of the things. And in, 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 in a lot of ways, hopefully to model for my kids, like, you know, another way. Because, I mean, this is the world that they live in. This, right. is, this is the water that they swim in, mm-hmm. you know? Both my my daughter and my son, you know, both got iPhones at a young age, and and I and I watch them, and they are never without their phone. Yeah, like they literally will go take a shower, and they will take the phone in the bathroom with them while they're taking a shower. Yeah, I like, listen to podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever when I'm showering. Yeah, but it's because I'm addicted to productivity. Right, and I want to feel right. like I'm always being productive which is probably slowing me down honestly right 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 that's cool man that's a good one and i think so many of us aren't even aware of it no it's so you know so i think as you see my phone's tucked into my but i did turn it off yeah uh but i know where it is yeah 
being aware, asking the question. Yeah. That's good. All right. So when you and I were like, all right, what should we talk about? There's so many things. And I mean, you know, you're kind of in the biz of family. What should we talk about? And you're 22 years into marriage, which congratulations. Thank you. Right. I mean, that's a big deal nowadays. Um, The thing that we talked about was you have these two different human beings who were both raised different. Yeah. Come together and then have to raise human beings together. Right. Right. And yeah. what does that look like? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, each one of us are living out of a script, right? And that script is what we've observed, you know, from our own parents, whether they're together or not. Right. Um, we like that was our first lesson on life, on everything, on what marriage is about of, you know, how to do everything, you know, um, yeah. How we, when do we brush our teeth? How right, do we brush our teeth? Right, when do exactly. we eat? What do we eat? Exactly. How do we go to bed? What do we, how do we make our, like every single thing you, you know, a lot of things we don't think about. Right. Exactly. We just have done. Right. And then now you're coming in with another person. Yeah. And that's, and that's all we've ever known. Yeah. And you don't realize that it's different until you get married and you're getting married <laughs> right. to another person who grew up a certain way, grew up eating certain things. Uh, having a certain um, style and way of doing things. Yep. And, and, and some of those things may be the same as you and other things may be entirely different, entirely different. But then when you bring these, it's almost like these two worlds collide and explosions happen, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, little things like, you know, I like to keep my toothbrush in the toothbrush holder. Well, I like to keep my toothbrush on the side of this, the sink or like, oh, when I spread, you know, peanut butter on my bread, I spread it this way. Why well, yeah. spread it this way? Yeah. And it's just, and you have fights over like the most dumb things. But, but you, you almost, um, when you're coming together, you almost have to figure out like a new way that, that is, and be okay with that. Yeah. You, know? you have to just learn how. So, how do you do that? Uh, so, how do you intentionally, because I don't feel like anybody told me, nobody probably told you, it's not really, like, I don't know. I guess we, you know, a lot of people go to marriage counseling before they get married and stuff. But a lot of times it feels like you're talking about sex and money. Right. right. And I guess, you know, family, you know, other extended family stuff. Right. But to talk about those little things like, what are you going to talk about? How you wash the dishes? Right. You know, we're not going to talk about each thing. But I guess it's going into it with the mindset of we're two different people. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I'll give you I'll give you an example, um, a story of when I first got married. Okay. So <clears throat> that's this is tied to how I was brought up. So when when, when I grew up, my mom, um, I have an older brother, two younger sisters, um, but Sunday dinners were like a big thing mm. in my house, right? So every Sunday, and my mom would make like the full spread, you know, she'd make Like hot- Thanksgiving kind of... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, string beans, like mashed potatoes, fried chicken, like hot rolls, you know. And, and like food is something to this day that brings me so much joy. Okay. You know, it's just like... You got a pretty big ha- smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my happy place. Nothing to me, nothing is better than just like a really awesome meal. Okay. Right? And, uh, and then also, too, growing up, like, it was a production. Like, I had to come in and set the table, and the mm. forks had to be on the right side of the, of the, of the plate and stuff. And so, and so coming into marriage, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is just kind of what dinners are going to be like, you know? And I remember um, my wife sent me, uh, or she called me, um, and she's like, hey, what time are you going to be in from work? I'm, I'm going to make dinner for us. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, awesome. This is such a – I love being married. This is great. 
And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be home by like 5.30, 6 o'clock, right? She goes, okay, I have dinner waiting for you. Well, got home, walked through the door. She's like, you sit down. I'm going to bring your dinner. I'm like, oh, yes, it's on. And then she brings over a plate that had a sandwich on it. And I'm like, but what's this? <laughs> what's this? She's like, it's dinner. I'm like, that's a sandwich. <laughs> that's not That's not dinner. And like literally like. I felt, I mean, and even, and that's honestly like kind of an embarrassing story, you know, a little bit, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, because, cause part of it is like, th- like I was bummed out. Totally. I was like, this is, you know, I'm, this isn't, a, and, this isn't dinner. You and know? she's stoked because she's like totally serving exactly. you. And that's like the perfect <laughs> exactly. collide of, exactly. oh my gosh, exactly. exactly. this isn't what I thought. Exactly. And so contrast that to how she was raised. Okay. Mm. So. My wife was raised um, by primarily her mom. Her dad passed away when she was Mm. six or seven years old. And so her mom, you know, being a single mom, like she was all about convenience. She was all about ease. Like dinner was like whatever I can put in the microwave, Yeah, you know, whatever. And some nights maybe it was a bowl of cereal. Right. So to make a sandwich was actually like I took time. Right. And this like took work. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, So my wife, like, you know, marrying me. Hey, let me make you dinner. She makes me a sandwich, and in her mind, well, yeah, that's dinner, or it can be dinner, you know. But in my mind, I'm thinking like string beans, mashed potatoes, hot rolls, fried chicken. Yeah. So how as a how as a married couple do you help like in a healthy way take that moment and not just let more moments like that compound over the years to where you're kind of bitter and just yeah. existing to we're able to be vulnerable right. and share in a loving way to not be hurtful. Right. right. That's tough. Man. It is tough. And we had to get through many arguments and fights to, to get to a place of, of like really appreciating one another and almost like just accepting one another's differences. Yes. You know, just, just getting to a place where you just go, you know what, this is you. I'm not going to try to change you. I'm just going to accept you for who you are. And I'm gonna learn, try to try to learn how to be content with that, dude. And that when you and I kind of talked about, we talked for ten minutes yesterday. Kind of think about this. I think that's the most beautiful thing to figure out because when you say it, I think as people are listening, you could go, "Yeah, that's just how she is." Mm-hmm. From like a bitter heart, right? Exactly. Okay, so how do you take that same contentment of? It's not. That's just how she is right right to that's how she is and i love her for that right and i love her and that's not in spite of that it's like i'm accepting all of you yes you know we're so about uh, hanging out and doing life with people who live and think and breathe like us right well if you're married you know that ain't how it works in a marriage Right. right there isn't this person who like for whatever reason, people are opposites a lot. Right. And I think that's to help us become the best versions of ourselves. Exactly, exactly. Just because we're different, that doesn't and that doesn't mean that it's bad. Different does not equal bad. And I can't tell you how many people I sit on a couch with. Yeah. And and they're like, uh and they're like, we're just we've just grown apart. We're just not the same people. We're just, you know, like you and, never and, were the same people. Right, exactly, exactly. Exactly. People are so ready to check out because we're just so different. You know, and it's like, that's not really like, that's not, I've come to, I've come to, to, um, to the point where I'm like, that's not really a good enough excuse because you're going, you, a, you've been different from day one, right? There's not one single person on this planet. That's exactly like 
the other. And you'd probably I think that, kill each other too if you were both the same. I'd be pissed if my exactly, wife was exactly like me. Exactly. I'd get so annoyed. Exactly, exactly. And you know, and some of the you know, again, just being a marriage with family pastor, um, and doing weddings and, and teaching classes, um, there's there's a, a author, Tim Keller, mm-hmm. you know, who you know, um, whose wife I think it was his wife who said that um I've been married to like seven different people and they are all they've all been him. Oh. Because we're always changing over, you know, over time. That's cool. You know, and uh, and if we were the same, like it would be really sad, you know, yeah. really, really sad. So you made a comment a minute ago. You said it took us a lot of arguments and a lot of fights. Yeah. To be able to kind of accept and be content with each other. Right. And you said it like it wasn't a big deal to argue and fight. No, no. I mean, that's that's a part of, I think, any relationship. I mean, think about, is there any relationship that you've never had an argument or a fight? No, but I think a lot of times we let relationships end because of an argument or fight. Right. And why is that? Uh, is it us or is it them? <laughs> right. Probably both, you know. For sure. Probably both. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I um, even before I was became a marriage and family pastor, I've always... Um, really, I mean, I know a lot of people have had a value of relationships and families and stuff, but I just, family is just really important to me. Why? Um, probably tied to my upbringing, you know, my, my extended family, that it was my healthy? cousins. Uh, not that it was healthy, but just that there was like a lot of love mm. in my family. You know, there's a lot of love, like, like one of my like deepest cherished like memories is is going to my grandmother's house and she had like a really long gravel driveway dirt driveway and so she could hear the cars turning into her driveway and if she knew she was expecting us she she would be standing outside as we're pulling up and like my i'm like before the door was even open like she would just be standing there with arms wide open ready to give me this huge hug you know and she would be laughing like this big boisterous joyful laugh and like, um, yeah, there's just so much love in my grandparents that um, af- affected my entire family. And again, every family has love, but for me, it's just like something that was very formative in terms of the person that I am, you know? I love how when I asked you that question, I said, is it healthy? And you said, no, but there's a lot of love. And we've even said you, a little bit ago too about something not being perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think when somebody hears that story, like when I hear it, I see it. I see you drive mm. up the driveway. I see this awesome grandma who's psyched. Yeah. And I go, man, I wish it was like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm not saying it's not. I think we all can. There's all. All of us have these good things. Right. But, for sure. And, and, but you said it's not healthy, and you weren't saying it's bad. But every family also has messiness. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so that's what you meant. Yes. Right. Exactly. Is, it doesn't mean there wasn't still conflict right and exactly. mess exactly. and this weird uncle and this cousin yeah, who's lost his way yeah. and like all these things. yeah we all have some some stuff in the closet correct but that doesn't mean that we still can't have grandma with the laugh and the joy right, right. we could kind of choose to live in whichever reality and right. i'm not saying we should be naive right but we don't always have to be living as victims, which I think a lot of people can do or say it's over or yeah. whatever. Well, yeah. And most importantly, that doesn't have to define us mm. or, or our relationships. Yeah, right? that's good. So like, cause again, we all, even in my own family, you know, my parents, 
you know, they don't have a perfect marriage. I'm sure my grandparents didn't have a perfect marriage. I don't have a perfect marriage. But sometimes we can focus so much on the imperfections that yeah. that becomes what defines the why marriage. Why do we do that? Why do I why would I get so focused on my wife's imperfection that I can't see that she made me a sandwich? Dang, man. Um and I'm not saying you have to have the answer, but yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because I think I mean even, you know, I'll, I'll shoot, I'll admit sometimes I just I'll see the things that irritate me about my wife. Right. And I know there's things that I do that irritate her, no right. doubt. Right. Um, but I will say I feel like she has more grace for me yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and I go, when I stop and I go, I know that she has mad love for me and and cares. Yeah. You know, so I think just in general, why would I, why would I or other people look at an imperfection over the piece that we like? And usually it's with the people who are closest to us. Right. Exactly. The, the, the people who are closest to us will see the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Think about this. Like, you yeah. go to work. Yeah. Does your boss see what your wife sees? No. You know? There's in the, in the, there's something about the proximity of the relationship, mm. you know? And I think th- and this is one of the beautiful things and the ugly things about living a life with a person. The beautiful thing, right, all of our hope is that it will last forever, you know? Like, I know, like, the divorce rate is, like, you know, 50% of marriages or something like that that they say. Um, but but nobody, I don't think anybody goes into marriage going, I want to be the 50% that gets divorced. They yeah. all have a hope for forever, right? Um, but but the thing, and the thing is, is that, so when you enter into a commitment like that, like there's this freedom and like, oh my gosh, this, this person, like I can, sh- I can be all of myself with this person. I don't necessarily have to like, put like like the facade up yeah, of, yeah. of like you know how awesome I am or whatever I can I can show them all of myself but sometimes we get lost in that and in the things uh unfortunately we can direct um the ugly parts and whether it's like you know um yeah our real opinions about things we can direct really unhealthy things towards give ourselves permission to direct really unhealthy things towards our our wife or husband yeah you know, because of that the nature of that relationship yeah i mean there's so much that goes into this because you want to show all of yourself mm-hmm. so you're going to be vulnerable but i don't know that we think about am i willing like what i'm expecting them how how i'm expecting them to respond to me being fully vulnerable mm-hmm. am i ready to do that same thing right right you know i got married at 21 mm. i was you know i mean i still am selfish i mean yeah. you know like we're human so it's it's now. How, how long have you been married? Fifteen years. Right on. Yeah, fifteen years. Uh, feels like thirty. Yeah. You know, we've got five kids and Dude. on our third house and right. run a business. You know, like all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's good. So you go. A lot of people listening right now, they're probably not in that first year of marriage where all right. of this is super right. helpful. We've already been pissed about the sandwich for f- 15 years or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? So so then the thought is, like, is it too late to, to then become vulnerable again? Because I think after yeah. a time, you, scar- you kind of build up the scar tissue right. to know what to say and what not to say. Right, right, right. And is that the accepting and the content, or is that the protecting of yourself? Yeah. You know, I think these are things that you... Um, like, think about what we knew in our first few years of marriage compared yeah. to what we know now. 
Yes. You know, and well, yeah, we laugh about like we were freaking kids, you know, like right. what we know now about right. each other. Did right. we love each other then? Right, right. Like right. love means something way different <laughs> exactly. now exactly. than when we first got married. Exactly, exactly. And and so it's time like that uh like we just learn these things like over time, you know, in 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 I think one of the things after twenty two years of marriage, the beauty of of just um being myself mm. the good the bad and the ugly like it's this idea of like we all have a deep desire to be known like all of us we yeah. have this deep desire to be known and, and marriage is this place um that gives you the opportunity to to grow into that but yeah. it just takes time and um and it takes a lot of um willingness to like obviously forgiveness forgiving yourself um, acceptance. We talked about this earlier. Accepting your 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 wife for who she is, and um, and 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 here's the crazy thing, right? Like all of this is the backdrop to to what we're teaching our kids, <laughs> right? Right. This is all the backdrop. Like we talked earlier about, like you you you're growing up a certain way, um, and this is the only way that you know. So what I'm describing to you is the only way that my kids. That's this is all that my kids have known, you know. And their <laughs> spouse, their future spouse, is getting raised by somebody else to other right, people right. who are trying to figure it out exactly exactly and so we and should have more grace for ourselves exactly that's we a have lot to. we have to we have to we have to there's no way that this will work without it yeah so i mean some of the things i'm hearing is is have grace for ourselves be vulnerable we all want to be known so if we know that about ourselves mm-hmm. then do we show up to our day ready to fully know the people around us right right and and how would my life look if i fully you know wanted to know my spouse right or my kids right i'm gonna right. fully know you right yeah or or like give yourself permission like just being aware of like okay i know that my wife's desire is to be fully known her deepest deep desire am i going to give my per- self permission to uh, to receive that regardless all, of all, what's regardless there. of what's there regardless of what's there you know um but but the better yeah definitely in vulnerability like the better that we can do all these things the better off that the better model right that we're we're we're, we're putting on display for our kids but but um yeah man it's uh, it's a lot it's a journey it is a journey so one of the things that we talked about coming into this so let's process a couple of things you and your wife you have some kids now it's time for discipline hmm. Okay, yeah. so so let's you, we talked about this one. Yeah. So how do you work through? You did it this way, I did it yeah. that way, and yeah. you had an ex- example of that yeah. that you guys both had been raised differently. Yes, yeah. So um, I was raised by a black mother and a black father from the south. Uh, my mom was from the south, and um, I got spanked. You know, when I was I got whooped when yeah. I was when I was a kid, and so growing up, obviously we live in a different day and time especially being on the west coast um completely different different uh different place in in philosophies on on a lot of different things but but i grew up um with um just mad respect for my parents because like of the way that they raised me you know with the discipline and so going into my marriage you know i thought you know yeah i you know i'd be open to spanking you know and and here's the here's the interesting thing so my wife who is white, uh, and again, raised somewhat by a single mother, um, she was spanked too, but both of us responded differently to that, to that, to that kind, that form of discipline. 
And so when we got into our marriage and um, we had, I think our daughter was like three years old and I can't even remember. I mean, honestly, like I've maybe spanked my daughter maybe like once or twice in her entire life. And then my son never had to because he's just like naturally been a fearing kid. Um, but I remember when we had conversations about like if we were going to spank or not, especially when our when our daughter got into her threes. And and I have a philosophy that that like people talk about the terrible t- twos. Well, my my philosophy is that threes is the fullness of two. Yeah, three right? is the worst. Is three is like there were they 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 are m- much more prone to acting out and, and rebelling, you know, at three yeah. than they are at two. And so, so my wife, when we were having challenges about disciplining our daughter, my wife my wife would say things like, "Well, we just need to like." She, she didn't say this, but my interpretation was like, "We just need to reason with them." And I'm like, "We can't reason with a three year old. Yeah. The reasoning is like, give me that wooden spoon, and that'll be the reason, you know." And so, uh, and so, my wife and I like, which by the way, as a side note, like every relationship has its like like one major issue that it, that there's always conflict around. And for my wife, like for some people, it's money. It might be you know working or whatever. But for my wife and I, it's always been parenting. Interesting. Yeah, it's always been parenting. So to this day, most of our major disagreements over the last 22 years have always been around parenting and the decisions that we make for our kids. So, Do you find yourself, t- like, when you talk about it, is in the midst of, okay, our kid just asked, can I do this or that? And so now it's come up, and it's always kind of like happening while it's happening? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's always happening while it's happening, and it's... You know, we've we've been in counseling through different seasons, yeah. and and definitely have counseled around it. But but um, when it came to spanking, you know, I was always like, well, she needs a spanking. She was really disobedient and disrespectful, and she needs a spanking. And my wife Bethany was like, I am one thousand percent against that. You know, and and I'm like, so what do we do? You know, because I'm not going to tolerate this behavior that right. she's demonstrating, and she has to learn. And so we really had to. We had many, many arguments about that, you know, and there are times, you know, again, like I said, like, you know, I spanked Zoe maybe twice in her entire life, you know, um, and that has been something that's been really hard for um, for Bethany. But, you know, we just got to a place where, especially as the kids got older, where we learned how to navigate our differences in ways that where I had to say I had to realize, OK, you know what, maybe my way like even as right as i feel like it is maybe there is another way like is it possible that there is another way that can be right also you know and this is where learning through my wife learning learning how to yield in marriage to one another um because no marriage is going to survive if you're always kicking down the door like we're going to do this my way my right. way my way whether whether you're the husband or the wife right you will you will suffocate your marriage you will marriage is all about like sacrifice it's all about like um you know that's that's why I think God gave us kids you know so that we could focus on something other than ourselves you know hmm. to filter you know like how do how do we do what's best for this kid like it it takes the self out of it you know it's no longer doing what you want for yourself, but it's realizing that two of us have come together. We now have this life we're responsibility responsible for. How are we going to make decisions that's in the best interest of this life? Yeah, and I love that you said, you know, because I, I think that we go, okay, the the pastor is going to bring us in, and we're going to come do this 
nice sweet conclusion that we kind of do it a little your way and a little my way and right. now we have this new way of doing it which is fine sometimes right that's i guess the ideal mm-hmm. but for you to also go is it possible that there's another way right and exactly. is it possible that her way would work as well right and and not always having to be right right so that question right there to go is it possible? Well, yes, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And am I okay to let this one go right. and then move on? Exactly. To go, it's not always got to be me. Yeah. Making the final whatever because we're supposed to be a team. Right. And and I think this is where I'm a little bit kind of having my mind open. Is yes, I think that we're one, mm-hmm. but we are also two individual people as well that's true and i will say that over my years i'm kind of figuring this out now that i haven't always been great at that right piece right to go hang on a second it's okay for us to be different right at certain things and want to do it different and it's okay for me to relent and go let's do it your way this time yeah it is it doesn't always have to be like we came to this conclusion and we 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 found this perfect thing to do it we're going to do it that way right right even though it might not have been the way i wanted yeah, yeah, and, and even with that, like, um, if you like, if we talked earlier about like the importance of grace, mm. and and like sometimes I might say, you know what, Bethany, let's try this your way because there may be another way, and I want to be open to that. And then we find out that that maybe wasn't perfect, or there were some mistakes in that. You know, it's not like it, it, it's it's not something that we are like begrudgingly okay let's see if your way works yeah it can't you know, be and that. then i'm gonna be uh, sitting here waiting for it to fail right. so that i can jump in and go aha i told you right it's not like that at all yeah, but it can't it's, be ah uh, but we're like that we are sometimes like that. yes that's tough we're like that a lot of times if and if we could get away from that i mean shoot how healthy would your marriage be and how's it going to be when your crap messes up exactly <laughs> right yeah you start exactly. taking you start you know you know kind of taking like what is it taking inventory yeah. you know on on each other you know, saving it up for a fight later, you know, it's just, yeah. that's, and going back to energy, yeah, that's so much work. It is. It's just so much work to try it to is. keep that all mentally in it your is. head. People, and, and we do it all the time. Like we do it in subtle ways, you know, um, I, you know, I see it a lot in relationships, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, you know, man, we're just, it's just trying to figure this thing out, you yeah. know, like far from perfect marriage, 22 years in, and you know, I have no doubt that if we were sitting on this couch in another 22 years, I'd probably go back and be like, dude, so this is what I didn't know back then that I know now, you know. And what I like about that is we're about progress, and I think we should be progressing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we're bad today, and right. it doesn't mean that tomorrow's better. Right. It just means that we're growing. Yes. You know, and I think that that's a good reminder for us, too, is to let people be where they are right. at some level. Like I wouldn't be the husband I am if I didn't go through 15 years of marriage. Like exactly. you could have told, you know, you're seven years ahead of me. When I got married, you could have told me all the things that I needed to know right. for seven years in, Yeah. but it wouldn't have been the same as if I just went through it. Right. You know? Right. Right. So I think it's good to have mentors and resources for sure. Yeah. But I think it's also, we become the people we are through walking through our life. Yeah. And having grace for people to do that. Right. Exactly. And something else that you mentioned, too, is that like uh, that that reminded me that each one of us are we're on our own journeys, mm-hmm. you know, as couples. Right. Like I said before, like our issue and our parent like marriage has been parenting, you know, and just different parenting styles. 
you know, yours may be something totally different, you know, and, yeah. um, and, and we all, we all have something to learn and we all have something that we can learn from one another. Yeah. You know, I'm sure like if I were interviewing you, you know, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff, especially with the dynamic of your household. I can only imagine like the level of energy that's in your household and, and the things that you learn through marriage and being a dad, oh, yeah. you know, um, and, uh, just life, you know, that, um, there's a ton that we can learn from one another. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what this is all about is I feel like men, it's not that we're not willing to have these conversations and yeah. grow from each other. Yeah. It's just, it is a little difficult, I think. Mm-hmm. And when do we set time aside to do this right? and to learn from each other? Yeah. So I have another question to ask you. You said that you responded well to spanking. Why do you think that's the case? And I'll say I spanked all my kids. Yeah. And I yeah. I wish I could tell yeah. you like it was two times, but it wasn't. So yeah. I have no issues with it. But I think as I hear you say I responded well to it, and I don't care if people do or don't. Right. Like right, do right. it totally, totally. do yeah. it your way. But I just think Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I honestly like this is my opinion. It's, it's something uh about like um I think that's inherent to black culture, especially like hmm. in a different day and generation it was just the way things were you know and um and for me like my i Who just thanked you more your mom or your dad you know, it's funny probably my mom but i feared my dad more why, why'd you fear your dad more uh because my dad like yeah i, I don't know i just i just did there's just, you know, th- there just this respect for him and it was like my dad would do things like go upstairs and get my belt <laughs> man that was the longest walk upstairs yeah, i you ever you know and then i had to choose the belt <laughs> i'm like well do, not the skinny one because the skinny one's gonna how was his attitude uh i honestly believe like when my dad would would spank me i honestly believe that he didn't want to but he felt like he had to you so know he wasn't and, he wasn't angry he wasn't not i mean maybe yeah maybe he was angry but i don't you know, um, I guess I should. What about mad? Is mad different than angry? My mom different. was mad. <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, I think. my mom. There were many. I there were times where she had she would have to chase me down. Like I would oh. literally do laps around the dining room table, and uh, like I'm like, you're gonna have to earn this whipping, mom. Because I'm not, dude. <laughs> I'm, not <gonna laughs> just, I'm not just gonna give it to you. One time, I remember I was in my bedroom. I don't know how old I was. My dad was at work, and my mom you know had i don't know how it was but she gave me like two spanks yeah. you know on the bottom and uh i turned around and i looked at her i said you can't hurt me you know <laughs> oh, so, oh, so no she was mad oh. right so then i hear her so she's like you know you wait here <laughs> she i hear her walking up her oh, stairs and then walking back down and then belt oh, and uh, i didn't uh, i didn't ever challenge her again oh, on dude, if she could hurt me dude. but i think it's funny because i almost think it's i think it's funny to think about the mom being mad yeah you know because i just know gosh dang it mom's Moms work so damn hard they do. all day. Oh my, gosh. oh my gosh. So it's like, yeah, you pushed her over the yeah. edge. And moms have a lot of grace, you know? Yeah. So you've really been screwing up. Yeah. But then dad, you know, because poor dad, because you were dads. Right. Poor dad, you know, he's been working all day. Right. He right. comes right. home and, you know, he's got to support mama. Right. And it's like, you know, because a couple of times I've spanked, you know, you spank your kids. You like, you put on this or discipline them, let's say. You put on this, I'm dad. I'm supporting your mom. I'm 
angry or upset or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm not out of control, which I would right. say maybe is the mad side. Right. But then you do what you got to do and then you're like, dang it, man. I didn't right. want to, I don't right. want to have to do any of this. Right. Right. Uh, so it's funny now because when I think back about my dad yeah. after he disciplined me, I go, poor guy. Like now yeah. I get it. Exactly. Now that's the I crazy. Get it. That's the crazy thing. We look back now in like, you know, you see like, you know, two working parents, you see, you know, bills, you see, oh. you know, just trying to make ends meet and, yeah. um, and raise a family, you know, and uh, they're just doing the best that they know how with, with what they have. Yeah. And I think, you know, for so long you grow up looking at adults like they've got it all figured out. Right. And then now I'm one. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, yeah. no, they don't. Right. Which I try to bring my kids into. I try to bring my kids into that. I don't know everything. Right. I right. don't have it all figured out. So important. So important. Especially with my teenage, my oldest, my teenager. I'm like, hey, I know you're frustrated. Listen, right. I, this is the first time I've ever done this. So right, right, you want right. me to drop, you know, recent, you want me to drop you off at this bowling alley at 1030 at night with right. some eighth grade boys you know, I we're in the parking lot, man. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. actually, I can't do this. Let's go home. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And she's pissed, and I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to figure this out. Right. So I feel put on the spot. You feel pressure to do this now. Right. Let's let's talk about this later. Right. Right. Not later, like I'm trying to put it off, but let's yeah. figure this out so we're ready. Yeah. Anyways, that was a lot of jumping around. Yeah. No. No. And I think the hard part is like, as parents, we don't know. Like we won't necessarily know like what was best and what wasn't in like for another, like once our kids are grown up and on their own. So then what's hilarious about that is then we're going to try and tell our kids what to do with their own kids. Right. Right. Like my parents have done and your parents have probably done. And we're like, I don't want to hear that from you. Let me do it my own way. Right. So we're not, (laughs) we don't want to hear it. Yeah. But now the poor grandparents are like, well, now I know how it should have worked out. (laughs) and Nobody wants to freaking listen to me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. The circle of life. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Oh, this stemmed from your dad's, your dad happened to come home and spank you and, and why you took it well. Yeah. 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 You know, and I, and I, that's obviously this is, I mean, you're talking to a 48 year old man looking back, right? Like looking back, I appreciated my, what my parents were trying to do, you know, um, in terms of keep me on the straight and narrow, you know, um, just give me discipline, help me to guide my life in the right direction. You know, so you see their intentions were always there. I, I see that their intentions uh, were always there. Um, and, and I see, you know, um, obviously we all see like the things that weren't perfect, you know, right. the things that could have been done, done better or whatever. So. Yeah. Hmm. So good. I, I think, you know, as I just sit and kind of, I know we're coming to an end in a minute, but think about all the things we've talked about in marriage. I think it's just super encouraging <clears throat> as we've talked about two different people coming together. Right. From different backgrounds, different cultures, different mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. And trying to navigate that. And instead of it being this, you know, we've been laughing and kind of enjoying the conversation around it. But I think a lot of us are living in this get up, get kids ready, go mm-hmm. to work, come home, pay bills. Right. Hardly have time to do things that we maybe think we want to do or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and enjoying that process. Yeah. And going, hey, this is a process. It is. Like, I'm I'm in my life. This mm-hmm. is my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it with this other person. And, and realize that they're also going through all that same stuff that yeah. you are. They have their own thoughts and their own stuff. And if we can be vulnerable enough to do that together, be one where we need to be one, 
allow ourselves to be independent when we need to. Right. <sighs> Feels like easy to say. Yeah. Hard easy to, to say, definitely hard to do. Definitely hard to do. And and it takes a lifetime to figure it out, right? It takes a light, lifetime to figure that out. A lot of I'm sorry's, mm. a lot of I forgive you, but let's just keep trying. Yeah. So good. So good. It's so beautiful, but when we talk about it, it's like, oh, let's just take a deep breath mm-hmm. and like not put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Like, hey, you're driving your car home right now. You had a crap day at work. Like, just take a deep breath and go, oh, there's a lot more of these. Let's yeah. try to, I don't know, be engaging and tune and okay with it. Yeah. 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 And you know, the other thing um, uh, that I, I, that I, that kind of blew me away. So, and I had mentioned this last time we talked is, um, a part of what I do, I do like a lot of reading on marriage and relationships. Mm. And, and, um, I read, um, John Gottman's, uh, book. John Gottman is the kind of the, um, the big guy. He's like the guy on research on marriage and relationships. He's devoted over 30 of his years, years of his life to, to studying marriage and relationships and stuff. And I was, I've been reading his book called seven principles for making marriage work. And, um, I was really blown away to find out in this book that, a majority of conflict in marriages never get resolved. Like most most conflict in marriage doesn't get resolved, and that really blew me away. And I was like, I had to go. Let me apply this to my own life and and think back. And I'm like, you know what? I think he's right. You know, when I think about the again the differences between my wife and I that we've had, whether it be about parenting and stuff like that. To this yeah. day, I don't think that it's resolved. We've just learned how to live like accepting one another for, for who we are we're that's like a process that we're constantly you know trying to work out so when you first say it you go oh that's so sad and right. that's bad yeah but you're saying it's not it's not no so no, why uh well because um i th- the reason why a the reason why i think that's true is because none of us have the power to change another person hmm. so i don't have the power to change my wife my wife doesn't have the power to change me and so the goal of marriage or the goal in marriage cannot be I'm going to change this person to make them what I want them to be or what I think I want them to be. Instead, it's going to it's going to be this is this other person and this is who they are. And I am going to learn to accept that so that because it's just because if I can't change another person like imagine the effort and energy probably the most of the frustrations that people have in their relationships are the fact that they're trying to change the other person and they can't i mean imagine being with a person the entire life yeah you know at some point you're going to tap out that's what people do yeah you know yeah so i think uh that one we don't change the other person two we don't just die inside and just go through motions mm-hmm. because we're so frustrated we still be independent and love them and and through the beauty of that, through realizing that all the conflict doesn't get resolved, mm-hmm. that it's not a negative, right. it's a beautiful thing that we do life with people, even yeah. if we don't think or look like them. Right. right. I mean, look, at uh, it's a man and a woman. You right. don't look the same. Your right. bodies don't function the same. Right. You already have this thing of two people who are different, made right. different, coming together. And I think a big piece of marriage is like, I'm supposed to do this with one person. Right. And if all of us did that, what would our world look like? Because then all the separation and division we have of races or right. or thought process, right. 
we wouldn't have all this division. No. And that's the whole point is like we're, we're supposed to do life with people who we don't look like or think like. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, we, you know, we like imagine, imagine what would it look like if we celebrated our differences rather than demonized our differences, you know, because a lot of times that's what we do. Oh, they're not like me. So we demonize. And I'm not one to, to be like this patriarchal. The man is the ruler. Yeah. As far as like this high level. Yeah. But I would say that from my view of the world, it's the father who can set the tone for that to be a reality and not by rising above their family and their spouse, right. but getting below exactly, and serving, dude. Exactly. serving them. Upside and I think down. if yeah. every, yeah, if every man who has found themselves on the adventure of fatherhood, turn that triangle of the hierarchy upside down, yes. we, the world would just look different. It'd look radically different. And all the things that you and I want as a man, to build a legacy, leave right. a mark on this earth, be respected, loved, desired. Yeah. Would all come from doing that. Exactly. Exactly, dude. That's Gets exactly me pumped, it. man. Yeah. yeah. And it's not going to be perfect, which is like well, everything you're saying. Yeah. Not perfect is perfect. Not perfect exactly. is how it's supposed to be. Exactly. Oh, dude. Exactly. So good. Well, Kevin, thank you so much, man. This has been just such a rich conversation yeah. around family and fatherhood, and uh, I've enjoyed it a ton. Keep doing what you're doing, loving your wife and your kids, and also serving others who are trying to do the same. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been great getting getting to know you, man. Yeah. It's really been great. Awesome. Thank you. Sweet. Whenever I'm finished with a podcast, I will go and listen to it and edit out some stuff, and then usually end up with a page full of notes. So as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at a page full of notes of just things that I learned because I care about this so much, this fatherhood thing. I do not have this all figured out. And that's what I really liked about Kevin as well. I mean, even in his role, where I think a lot of times we look at that role and and we know it's not perfect, but uh, we feel like sometimes people act that way, is he was just super honest, real, open, vulnerable, which I think that word is key for us dudes, that that is something that we all love to do is to be vulnerable and be transparent but sometimes I think maybe society or for whatever reason we feel like we can't be but killer conversation with a dude who is just a real human being a real dad husband father and he's open to talking about that a couple things that really stuck out to me uh, I loved how he talked about how families aren't perfect how family is messy because that's a reality we all have messy family but that doesn't mean that we can't find contentment and joy in life and still do life with people even in the messiness. I loved how we talked about not focusing on your spouse's imperfections and just that marriage relationship and how it's really key too for our children to see that, how we navigate relationships because one day they are gonna do the same. The story of the sandwich was just incredible because I know we all have those things uh, that we expect uh, to be a certain way and it doesn't go that way and how to just not hold on to that your whole life but how to navigate through that so super good stuff really appreciated Kevin sharing all of that with us uh, I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast what you do matters don't be like everybody else be yourself that is who your kids spouse and community needs this is your guide Ned shout together let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood 
And please go like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. And if you would like to join the 31 day challenge to become the father you desire to be, go over to rebelandcreate.com and there's some information on how to sign up for the daily text, weekly video, and the private Facebook group. Thank you so much and go out and continue to be the dad you desire to be. Thank you.